Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. With Who Knows Wins, this is not betting as you know it. Put your money where your mates are. Playing is easy. Make your predictions on the outcomes of your chosen fixtures. For every result you predict correctly, you get a point in your league. At the end of the competition, whoever's got the most points wins and proves their top dog. Choose your own entry fee, however substantial or small, and split the winner's pot as you see fit. Who Knows Wins. Download the app now and start playing. Hello and welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. He's been very busy travelling everywhere. Rotherham on Saturday, Bristol City last night, and we're going to reflect on those two results and also ponder two ex-Bristol City managers that meet this weekend. Hiya, Gregor. Right, let's start with, with Rotherham at the weekend. <laughs> so I came into these games saying, yeah, six points. Six points are achievable or not. Um, it just felt like Bristol City could not deal with their physicality at the weekend. There was more to Rotherham than that, to be fair. But what was your assessment of, of the game? They were pretty dreadful up there. They, it's one of the few games actually this season, and, and in fact over the last few seasons, where they've been properly, properly dominated. And I can think about them taking on Leeds, Wolves, and some of the teams that have really gone up to the Premier League and dominated the championship and there haven't been too many occasions where it's all been one-way traffic but that game was certainly one of them and probably what's hard what's hard to understand is the form that Rotherham were in at the time and the way they've gone about it because I don't think the City fans would mind too too much well they obviously would but they could probably accept the odd bad defeat because it happens this is football it doesn't all run in one direction but it's when it's Something that you know is going to happen is the most frustrating thing when you can see why it's going to happen and yet you still go down that route and things still play out in that manner. It's just, there's nothing more frustrating at times in the game, is there? No, and it's just really frustrating when you look at the stats because it tells the tale that Rotherham had 22 efforts and Bristol City just four. It was yeah. two nil at half time as well. So when it when a game's two nil at half time, at least you're thinking, oh, you can make some changes. You can maybe change things up in the second half. But whatever they tried, it just it didn't work, did it? Uh, when Dean Holden looks back at that one, did he get things wrong? I mean, we're going to come on obviously to to Tuesday night's game in a minute. But what what yeah. more could he have done? Because he is plagued by injuries. He is. I I do think yes, he got stuff wrong wrong in this one and I don't lightly criticise the head coach but I have also um, called out the, the good stuff that he's done and I generally think Dean Holden's done a great job but I mm. do think he got things wrong at the, at the weekend because I don't think that that lineup and that system was suited well it's kind of been proven in hindsight and it's, it's very easy to reflect back and say things didn't work but it did look that Bristol City were woefully underprepared for what they were going to face. They didn't seem to have any game plan that was effective at all. They couldn't deal with any of the physical play and you knew this was coming. So why did he not choose a, a more physical selection? I, I just can't understand for me why Famara Jeju didn't start that game because yeah. Chris Martin can't play every game because you look back at his record last season for Derby County and and he, he didn't play, I think he only made 15 starts. He's only so, scored one goal. 
Yeah, exactly. And this is a guy getting on the role that he plays. I think he's he's been a really good signing. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think he can play every single game. And he played the last two matches before that. So and and also Farman came off the bench and scored the winner against mm-hmm. Blackburn. So he, he just had to play in this one. It suits his game. He's so he's so brilliant at defending aerially as well. It just made every sense to play Deju. So. I just wonder if there's something going on behind the scenes. We, we've not really spoken too much about his contract. We've no, I was just saying his contract situation. Yeah, we don't. We haven't heard yeah. a lot about that. Maybe that has come to play here because I just don't understand why Deju hasn't played more. And because then, when you when you if you'd have played him for that game, then Martin gets rested and he comes in possibly if, uh, for this game against Millwall that we'll come on to. And you have a more um, freshened side, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think when we count, let's come on to Millwall now. I think when we sort of saw the the lineup and the team that Dean Holden had picked, you can have some sympathy that there's so many what would be potentially first team players missing that his hands are tied to an extent. But I agree with you again about Gigi. I mean, yeah, he came on and got sent off, which was terrible. But when when you look at his selection and when it was going wrong. Let's just let's just start, I guess, chronologically at the start of the game. Bristol City just never really looked like doing hardly anything. For me, what sort of summed things up was when Narky Wells was like two, three, four yards out and he just didn't pull the trigger from that free kick. I think that was the opening minutes. And from then on, they created nothing, did they? Is that a sign of the lack of confidence, I suppose? I mean, I know Narky Wells has got maybe a handful of goals this season, but he doesn't look happy. He didn't even look like he wanted to be there last night to me. Really didn't look like he wanted to be there. I know he's the only player that had any shots for Bristol City, which is pretty damning. But I just, I know they they do want to be there. Of course, they're professional footballers. They want to represent Bristol City. But I can see why fans are frustrated because there just didn't seem to be, right from the off, there didn't seem to be any passion last night in contrast to Millwall, who would press and then the next player would press and so on and so forth. And they did that for 90 minutes. They were so organised. Yes, they sat deep. But it was just two completely contrasting teams. One had a very simple, clear message. And the other one, just some of the, sometimes I looked up, they'd lose the ball, and I saw them walking. Gregor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you're right. I, there's a bit of urgency has gone to their play. I I actually thought, I liked Hanno Masengo last night. I know a lot of people, he didn't have it... Uh, um, Everything he tried to do didn't come off. He didn't execute everything that they would say in the coaching parlance. Mm-hmm. But he always wanted the ball. He always showed. He was always brave enough to get on the ball, even though he might make a mistake. And he actually was probably culpable for that second goal. He loses the ball in midfield. Yeah. And then it works yeah. over to Mason Bennett. Okay, great strike from Bennett. And Bennett is not going to keep that one out. Uh, but he always wanted to get back on the ball and was trying to create stuff. You could see that there was a bit of urgency to display. And he actually did win the ball back, I think, when I was looking at the stats, more than any other City player. But I like that from from him, even though he, he didn't have his best game. At, likewise, funny you should say about Narky Wells, I actually thought he, he did all right last night. And I and obviously this is football, we see things differently. I thought he was one of the few that um, didn't exactly emerge with any credit, but I thought he looked <laughs> one of the most dangerous players. When he got on the ball, I thought things might happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, as you say, he was the only guy to have any shots. But probably the worrying thing is the way it's going in the other direction, just to round off on the Rotherham game. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that they had 22 shots, which follows off the back of 22 shots that Blackburn had, and then yeah. another 13 yeah. shots that um, Millwall had last night. So that's 57 shots conceded in the last three games. And uh, when you obviously 
compare that to Bristol City last night, didn't create a single chance among their well, players. I think, like personal opinion, that is a problem not just defensively, but in the midfield. There seem to be such big gaps. There seem to be no sort of flow between the play. I thought Tyree Backington, as much as we've praised him this season, he just wanted to go backwards and sideways a lot of the time. He didn't look confident, didn't look like he wanted to be on the ball last night or, or doing anything with it. Whereas, yeah, I suppose Masengo, to give him some credit, did. I don't understand why Naj went off. That was a bit of a weird one when he's one of Bristol City's best players. And they're massively missing Vyman and Patterson. And I just... I'm starting to think now that maybe this squad doesn't have the quality and the depth that we hoped it would have. Um, I, I don't know what you think about that, Gregor. And especially one of my biggest disappointments last night was Adrian Mariapa. He gave away the free kick, which led to the first goal. He didn't look sharp. He looked a bit sloppy. I thought he got caught out of possession a few times. And because you've got you know, a 34-year-old free agent coming in at the back, it's symptomatic of where Bristol City are at. I completely agree with you on that. I think it's uh, been a stick in plaster, basically, over a wider problem, which is, yeah, the lack of squad depth. I actually think if Bristol City had all of their best 11 out all the time, they'd be absolutely fine. Mike, I'm not completely sure they make the top six, but I think they'd go very close. But that's a big if, if they have those players available. It's just probably unrealistic to, to think that... that the likes of Alfie Mawson, Nathan Baker, these kind of guys are going to be fit all season. They're just not. It's not. It's not going to happen. There. I think if we go through all of their seasons past, and then they've not been able to play every single game at all. So you've got to have the squad. And have they got the squad depth? No, I think we're seeing that now. That's why they're, as I always say, regressing to the mean, <laughs> slipping back down the table. And yeah, you're spot on. They just don't have the squad depth needed, and um, for this season, but. The only thing I would say, I'm sure you're going to mention this as well, is that they have got a horrendous list of casualties. Oh, yeah. 10 and 11 players missing for Friday now. It's, I'm worried for Preston, and we will come on to that shortly. But I, I was also a little bit worried the way the coaching staff responded to, to being 1-0 down, 2-0 down. At one point before Gigi got sent off, they were playing 4-2-4 to my high. They had four strikers on the pitch, Martin, Wells, Semenyo and Gigi, which is all well and good. And I can see the attacking intent and I can also see that he's limited on who he can bring on. And he did bring O'Dowd on as well. But, you know, that is not, you know, it's great having those players on the pitch, but you need people that are going to create as well. And with Jamie Patterson missing... I'm worried about who is that creative force, Gregor. I can't see it. Vyman as well. Um, I'm really struggling to see who is the flair player that's going to create some Bristol City chances because they're just not creating anything. Well, it's Liam Walsh, but he's not available, he's not available So, yeah, then you go, then you, you, you're looking at your fourth choice sort of creative player, really. And, yeah, I do think they're lacking in that in that area. I think it's going to be very interesting in what happens in January. We're already hearing a few rumours that they might recall some of their players or one or two of their players who are out on loan at the moment. So I think Casey Palmer makes a bit of sense in that he's not playing at Swansea City. He's got basically a lot of what they're looking for, really. It's just all a little bit awkward because... Yeah, he, he kind of was let go before and now he comes back. I suppose it's just like the Jamie Patterson situation a year ago. And to be fair to the club, that actually worked out pretty well. So maybe it's going to be like... Reinvigorating. But we'll, but we'll see. And yeah, they, you, you're right though. They do 
they're just not creating hardly anything at all. Just three shots last night, one on target. Their their XG, which you know I love, is <laughs> the expected goals that was the lowest in all of the championship games last night, and that was at home against a team who had not won in ten games. So. <laughs> Which is just incredible. And this this is the thing. I do get the frustration from the supporters because we've seen this maybe for the last few seasons, but also it's just so, so predictable that a team rocks up. Gary Rower, after after the game last night, was almost, sort of, I wouldn't say uh, boasting or anything like that, but he was quite um, open about how he'd gone about his business. They'd set up middle, Yeah, simple. Middle, he knew what he was yeah. doing. Yeah, set them up physical, tough to break down and sit in that low block and Bristol City just haven't been able to overcome teams like that over the last couple of seasons and couldn't do it again last night. Bristol City are better against teams that come at them like Blackburn and teams like that. They're better when a game is more open. But so much for two goals a game, Gregor. They've scored 20 goals and they've conceded 20. Eighth in the table, uh, two, uh, two points off the playoff places. But some teams have a game in hand in that top six and things, which we played tonight. I mean, look, it's okay where Bristol City are, but it does really feel, you know, two wins in the last five. It just feels like stagnant. Is that a good word? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. And I don't want to lay all the blame at Dean Holden's door because, like you say, we've, we've been keen to praise him. But I also feel that he's a little bit short of ideas because of the personnel at his disposal. So is this where we need to see where he can be more dynamic with his tactics and with his coaching staff? Yeah, I do think he needs to find a, another another iteration of this team to be able to yeah get results against those kinds of sides. We, to be fair to him, he, I mean, he, he started with the 3-5-2. That had a pretty good success. He's got this new 4-3-3 system. And of course, let's not forget that there were sort of players who've played a lot recently who were rotated out last night. Obviously, Calmo Dowder coming off the bench, Antoine Semenyo coming off the bench. And they've had a, a bit of success with the 4-3-3. It's been, been mixed. But I do think, yeah, the, the squad is lacking a little bit and they do need another way of playing. And I think maybe they've just got to be a bit more direct. And this is why I'm just... I can't believe that they haven't played Deju more because he's been the club's top scorer for the last couple of seasons and... And yet he's, he's wasting away on the bench most of the time. And I could understand it if Martin was scoring goals week in, week out, but he's not. And then when you've got Semenyo, who's not scored all, all in the league all season either on the other flank, and OK, Wells has hit, what, five, then you're really short of goals. Mm. Yeah, massively short of goals. I, I agree with that assessment. And going forward to Preston this weekend, oh, it's a bogey side, isn't it? Although I do think Bristol City have a few bogey sides like we talked about last week, Birmingham being one of them. Preston away. The thing is, going into this one, they could have even more injuries. We don't know yet because we haven't had the pre-Preston press conference, that's a mouthful, uh, with Dean Holden. But um, he could be without Narky Wells, for all we know, because he was holding his arm at the end. He could be without Thomas Callis, he said, didn't he, after, after the game. And you're coming into a game where... Preston have been pretty rubbish the last couple of games themselves. Lost to Barnsley, lost to Luton. They did beat Middlesbrough before that, but they're coming off the back of two defeats as well. So what's, what's your sort of assessment going into this one? Because I, I worry with the depleted squad. You know, it's a Preston side that does have some good players in there. You know, I, I think Tom Barkay's a tricky winger. You've got Maguire up top, Johnson, 
Jacobson, they're all good players for Preston. So are you a little bit concerned for your trip up north on Friday night? Oh, without doubt. I'm, I mean, yeah, it was nine players missing when Chris Brunt was ruled out with a, a calf injury. He's had a scan on that this week. So after the game, Dean Holden said that he's going to be out for a, a while. He, again, he's, he's not revealed when these guys are likely to come back. He's, the club has been pretty coy on injuries. De Silva, I fully expect them to make a statement in maybe in the next week saying that he's either going to have surgery or always going to have a, a fair while. Yeah, we think it's something. Yeah, he basically he's confirmed that last night. Um, yeah, so as I say, Brunt was number nine. So Deju is obviously suspended for Friday, so he's 10 missing. And Callas, after the match, yeah, he said he, it was a dead leg and that sounds like it'll be touch and go. So he could be 11. There's no real mention of Narky Wells, though, so I do think he'll probably play. Um, but yeah, he's still look, look, looking like list, um, missing 11 players. And uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be so tough there. I'd, I'd probably take a point right now, if, I, if I'm honest, because I think an, a fourth draw in a row against Preston would, would be decent from Deepdale and probably keep City fairly well placed or just on the periphery of, of those clubs going for the top six. Yeah, it's, it just feels impossible to predict anything in the Championship at the best of times, doesn't it? But if they can just stay in touching distance over this festive period, they, to me, like I just feel like we talk about this every year. You know, a couple of years ago, yeah, they did great. They were second, I think, over Christmas when Lee Johnson was in charge. And then the next couple of seasons, there or thereabouts near the top six. But when you look at the matches coming up, Preston, but then on Boxing Day, they have to win that against Wickham, don't they? They have to. And then um, Luton away before Brentford, which is... And then it makes me laugh, these fixtures, because then they're playing Preston straight straight away in January, aren't they? Because the fixtures come back around. But looking ahead to Boxing Day as well, we'll talk about this in more detail next week, but you've got to be eyeing up these fixtures. And do you feel like we can predict anything in the Championship this year, Gregor? Because as always, it's so, so open... I'm not sure if it's something to do even more so with fans not being there this year because we're seeing it in the Premier League as well. Do you think COVID is playing a part in some of the results we're seeing just as a general picture overall? I think the top three, though, are as we'd expect right now, aren't they? Bournemouth, Norwich, Watford. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I've said before, I think the Premier League clubs are the teams to beat this mm. season. They are the ones, I think if you finish above them, you, you'll go up. Bristol C, I'll tell you what, I'm just looking at a, a website called 538.com, which is a um, highly renowned stats US site that, that basically measures where it thinks clubs are going to finish in the league. Oh, right. at, the moment, at the moment, it's saying that Bristol City are going to finish 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th. 12th based on, and it, it bases it all on their results so far this season, who they've played expected goals and and a lot more stuff that I can't understand, basically. But, yeah, they're, they're saying solidly mid-table. And I, th- I think really looking at Bristol City, that is what we're looking at. They're a mid-table team at the moment. I I think when we discussed where we thought they would finish, I think we, we both, both probably said top half. And I think they probably will finish top half. But And I think they probably will improve on last season as well. But... I don't see them finishing the top six at, at the moment. I haven't done for a while. And I do think they are a little bit short squad-wise still. I think they, they've got work to do in January if, they, if they're if they really serious about making it up this season. Yeah, and 
as always, it's impossible to predict. But if I was going to push you for a result against Preston, you'd be happy with the draw, would you? Yeah, that saying all this, Dean Holden's side have shown consistently that they do have character. They've pretty consistently responded to setbacks, although that's back-to-back defeats now and worryingly four in the last six. Mm. But I do think they've got a little bit about them still. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got a draw from Preston. Preston haven't been in the best form themselves, have they? And I think they've only won one of their last four games. And so, yeah, maybe maybe there could be another 1-1 on the cards. Yeah, there's never many goals at the moment. But credit to Dean Holden. What I would say is I know fans are super frustrated and can understand that. But he's not want to moan he's sort of that positive mental attitude and very much wanting to not mope around so he'd be in first thing this morning and, and trying to put things right but we'll have to see what he can do with the players he has at his disposal and um, something that caught our eye though this weekend Gregor is two ex-Bristol City managers of recent times going head to head Shrewsbury plays Sunderland it's Steve Cotterill versus Lee Johnson uh, Sunderland had big Covid problems haven't they yet they still played against Wimbledon last night and before that uh, Lee Johnson had that emphatic win against Lincoln. All the Lee Johnson jargon is back. The Sunderland fans are, I think, enjoying it at the moment. <laughs> we'll have to see how they get on. Um, as for Steve Cottrell with Shrewsbury Town, they sprung a surprise against Lincoln yesterday and they beat Hull before that. So both managers not faring too badly, are they? No, not at all. And yeah, I saw a fair few Lee Johnson masterclass memes during the rounds of the weekend. And yeah, they, obviously they got the draw last night, 1-1. Great goal from Bailey Wright. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, swivels and volleys in from a wide angle, not the kind of goal you'd associate from the defender. But yeah, great, great goal and uh, sets them up nicely for the weekend where obviously Steve Cottrell got another amazing result to go to the top two over the last couple of weeks and win at both of them and keep clean sheets I think at both that's just incredible work that he's doing there and it's going to be a mouth-watering game now I'm actually tempted to I was been thinking about maybe trying to um, go to that game and cover it media wise mm. in terms of because the, the City game is on the Friday and I'll be driving back down not too far from Shrewsbury on on the on Saturday but um, maybe I'll just watch it I don't know if I can get a, a stream um, yeah, it'll be a good one to watch. It'll be fascinating to see how they come up against each other. And I'll definitely be keeping an ear out for that one on the Soccer Saturday. Two contrasting characters as well. Um, just before we go, I just wanted to touch on Fumara Gigi's worst birthday cards ever. Uh, I looked up and saw he'd had the yellow. I was like, no, hold on, that is a second yellow. But he was walking off last night, even before the red obviously came out to confirm it. Felt like he didn't even argue with it. He was straight off down the tunnel. Now he's missing for the Preston game, not that he's been in favour anyway. What did you think about that overhead kick? It's not intentional, is it? But I guess it's dangerous. Yeah, I, I personally don't think that's a yellow card myself. Yes, you, you're right. It's dangerous play. It's a, it's a free kick. But he's trying, ultimately, he's trying to score a goal and he's, yeah, he's caught someone. But he, we see that kind of effort all the time. And normally, nine times out of ten, you don't get a booking for that. But... Mm. But yeah, he's just been very unlucky there. The only thing I, I sort of noticed before that was he was having a bit of back chat with the referee, I think, because he'd obviously got that first yellow card for a, a really late sliding challenge. The booking came about quite late from the referee. And then there was a, yeah, a bit of talking between them. And I just wonder if, if that had kind of had an influence as well. 
Yeah, it was a horrible moment on his birthday for, for him and missing for the Preston game. Should be back for Boxing Day, though. Uh, Gregor, thanks. As always, we'll catch up with our last pod before Christmas next week then and look ahead to a three festive games. Fingers crossed for a good result on Friday night. It's, uh, it feels a little bit pessimistic, that pod, but... We'll try and be a little bit more like Dean Holden and be positive going into Friday because who knows, it's the championship and anything can happen. Thank you for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins at the gate. With who knows wins. This is not betting as you know it. Download the app now and start playing. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.